0: Tough blog. Hey guys and welcome into this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnotta riding solo here as we will recap the game against Clemson for you guys here today. Unfortunately, we did have an edition of the podcast that we did last night that somehow was not all recorded. Don't really know how we were using a different app on the phone because we are having some technical issues uh, with the fact that we do not have the computer that we've been using using for the longest time to um, put together these podcasts. Unfortunately, there has been an issue with that computer. Again, we are trying to get all of that stuff resolved, so right now we're kind of doing everything on the fly when we get a chance. That's why some of these podcasts have been a little a- out of sorts on, on the days that they're normally supposed to come out, but again, we will have the preview of the Georgia Tech game. That'll be available for you guys on Friday, but we are here today to recap the 21 to twenty loss for the Tar Heels against the number one team in the country at the time, the Clemson Tigers. And the Tar Heels fall to 2-3 and three with the loss. This is their third straight loss of the 2019 season after a 2-0 start. Uh, but really, there's a lot to be encouraged about with this Tar Heel football team after the effort that they showed on Saturday. The storylines around this game really are revolving around one thing, and that was the decision of Mac Brown to go for two instead of kicking the extra point. The fan base is still split over it, but you know, in my opinion, I think that the coaching staff did make the right decision to go for two. I was not a fan of the play call by any means, a version of a triple option play out of the shotgun. Um, Really don't think that was something that was smart against a team as athletic as Clemson, but that was what they decided to go with. Would have definitely liked to see uh, Sam Howell at least have a chance to throw the football Um, Maybe a lob pass to Bo Corrales like the one that we saw against South Carolina. Maybe a play similar to the one that we saw on first and goal from the three yard line uh, earlier in the drive. Unfortunately, uh, you know they they went with the triple option play. It was sniffed out by Clemson's defense, and there was really no chance for Sam Howell to get into the end zone. If you go back and watch the play, one of the things that was interesting, and you know something that you probably look back on, and if you're Sam Howell, say maybe I should have done this, maybe you should have given it to his running back Javante Williams. Um, there was a guy in the hole for Clemson. Uh, did a good job of filling the B gap, but. Javante Williams, you know, if you if you give him the football, turn it into an Oklahoma drill. He's the guy on the team that I would trust the most to get into the end zone. Probably would have been a little bit of a better option, but Sam Howell decided to keep it. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's tough to fight through one defender, especially as a quarterback, but Sam had to fight through three and couldn't get into the end zone. Carolina falls 21 to 20. Now let's take a look at some of the other guys that stood out. We talked a little bit about Howell, 15 of 27 for 144 yards, two touchdowns and no interceptions. And again, he looks the part, we've been saying this for the first few weeks of the season. Five weeks in, it looks like the Tar Heels definitely have their quarterback of the future. And again, those stats are not mind-blowing, but he did exactly what he had to do, took care of the football made the throws when he had to and once again put together a nice fourth quarter led the Tar Heels down the field and gave them that chance to win late in the game he did have some help from his running game both Michael Carter and Javante Williams had a couple of big-time runs throughout the day Javante Williams 10 carries 49 yards a decent day Michael Carter with the better day on the ground 16 carries for 99 yards on the day and you know this is the trend that we've kind of seen with Michael Carter it's on again off again with Michael Carter if you look at the odd and even games this season the first third and fifth games have been phenomenal against South Carolina Wake Forest and Clemson and then the even games that's where he struggled. Miami and App State so far have been struggles. Who knows what we're going to see this week against Georgia Tech? That'll definitely be one of the things that we'll discuss. But the run game definitely looked a lot better than it looked the week before against App State. The offensive line looked to be in good shape thanks to Charlie Heck's return, and you know Edmond Tillis. Uh, you know he's been a guy that's been rotating on and off the field. That's one of the more interesting things that I've been keeping an eye on here, especially over the last couple of weeks where we've started to see Ed Montilis get rotated in and out a lot more often, seeing a lot more of Billy Ross and Joshua Izudu, but this team is clearly better on the offensive line when Ed Montilis is in there. That was when Carolina was most successful on Saturday, so I don't know if it's an injury issue or what's really going on, but we need to see more of Ed Montilis on the offensive line because that was when this group looked the best, and that's when you know this offensive line with him in there and Charlie Heck healthy uh, looks like it's at its best. Of course, Nick Polino still out with an injury, a lower body injury, had surgery on what appeared to be his left leg, so um, we're not sure about the timetable for his return. Hopefully that's sometime later in the year as Brian Anderson continues to have his ups and downs, but this offensive line on Saturday showed uh, that there are some things to be encouraged about. Flip over to the defensive side of the ball, the big standout there was Chaz Surratt, the converted Quarterback turned inside linebacker who is off to a phenomenal start to the season. Seven total tackles, two tackles for loss, one sack, three quarterback hurries, and a pass deflection on Saturday. And this is a guy that is quickly becoming a star in this Tar Heel defense, was aggressive throughout the entire day. That's one of the things that shocked me the most about how well he has adjusted to the position is just how physical he plays the position, something that, you know, Fans have kind of questioned over the last couple of years from this Tar Heel linebacking core is whether or not they're physical enough. Chad Surratt definitely is. And he continued to show again on Saturday that he is also Carolina's best coverage linebacker. Something that they've really needed over uh, you know these last few weeks. Didn't see him a whole lot um, you know, from that Miami game through the App State game. App State was the worst game uh, of his season. But he frankly just wasn't on the field a whole lot. Not really sure why. Um, I believe would be that at the time of course you remember that Jace Ruder got injured on the first drive of the game they may have just been wanting to keep Chaz Surratt healthy and on the sideline just in case something did happen to Sam Howell but this week Carolina was using him totally differently played him a bulk of the game and at this point Chaz Surratt definitely seems as if he's earned the right to start alongside Jeremiah Gemmel at linebacker he wasn't the only guy that had a great day and most of the guys that had great days were the young guns alongside chaserat jeremiah gemel the red shirt sophomore starter and inside linebacker had a fantastic day. Six total tackles for him. He also was good in pass coverage. A couple of good plays and uh, continues to show that he is growing into a nice presence in the middle of this defense. Other guys that shine included the secondary starters uh, Cameron Kelly, a true freshman who started at strong safety in place of Miles Wolfolk. He had five total tackles and did a great job of locking down the middle of the field. Something that the Tar Heels had struggled to do since the game against South Carolina. Also a big day on the outside, true freshman cornerback Storm Duck who got his first career start. He faced a tough test taking on one of the best wide receiving cores in college football, but he was part of a secondary that held everybody outside of T. Higgins on the Clemson offense to just 12 catches for 77 yards. So they did a really good job of locking down everybody but T. Higgins, but everybody had their struggles against him. He also finished with five total tackles as well. So Storm Duck had a fantastic game. And then a couple other guys that shined, Tamari Fox on the defensive line. He's a guy that's starting to develop a nice role on that defensive line as the Uh, other four-eye technique outside of Jason Strobridge. Wasn't getting to the quarterback all that often a couple of uh, had one QB pressure, but really was fantastic In the run game a really strong tackler and a guy that is starting to carve out a role here And could be a star if he continues to develop the way he has early on this season for the Tar Heels on the defensive line The other guy that has to be mentioned is backup strong safety now possibly turned starting strong safety Don Chapman This was a guy that began the season Listed as the number three strong safety on this Tariel football team. Now, with all of the injuries, he's been elevated. He came in on Saturday, he had three total tackles all of which were solos and did a great job in coverage when he was put into those situations. So Carolina is having a lot of young guys that are stepping up and performing well. Meanwhile, after the game was over, athletic director Bubba Cunningham did have to apologize for the the in-game antics that the Tar Heels pulled on the video screen again. You know, not shouldn't really be that big of a deal just a couple of jokes that they said about um, some of the fans that were in the stadium not knowing the last name of the football coach, not knowing where Clemson plays their home games. Um, one that I think people really took offense to, they that was the one that they kind of ran with, was the fact that uh, they did put someone on the video screen that said they didn't know that the fridge was, uh, or they thought that the fridge was just a kitchen appliance, which everybody knows William the Refrigerator Perry did play his college football at Clemson. Um, so again, it was really just subtle, funny shots at some of the fans. Nothing meant to be overly offensive, but apparently there were some people out there that did get offended. Athletic Director Butterba Cunningham had to come out and apologize, and um, honestly, you know, it's, it's one of those situations that you're just kind of left laughing about because the fact that, you know, people got that offended over something that was just meant to be a joke is kind of funny. Um, honestly, a little disappointed because I thought, that the ones that we were going to see against Duke were going to be fantastic and very accurate, but after this, it looks like we aren't going to be able to see any when they take on the Blue Devils. Last thing that we'll talk about with this game is can this be a program-changing loss for the Tar Heels? Is that a thing? Because a program changer usually is a win. And that's honestly where I'm kind of at with this. I think that this is a game that shows the capabilities of this Tar Heel football team for the rest of the 2019 season. And going forward, it shows that when there is effort put in, when maximum effort is put in, this team can compete with just about anybody in the country mainly because of who their head coach is he's a guy that still knows how to coach the game of football at a high level and he's also a guy that can get you motivated for any game out there so I don't think this is a program changer if it was you know if you had won the game Then you can define it as a program changer. But in my opinion, a loss cannot be a program changer. Carolina has to continue to sort of build up to that. Maybe it comes next season. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, all we know is that this program is heading in the right direction. Mack Brown was the right hire for this Tar Heel team. And this is a team that looks like if they can get to, you know, if they can continue to progress, they could get to where they want to be which is winning the ACC Coastal, playing in the ACC championship game, and maybe being in the conversation for uh, the college football playoff down the line uh, towards the end of Mac Brown's tenure as head coach. So we'll finish up with a couple of storylines uh, from recruiting. Hundred and nine, one hundred and nineteen recruits attended the game against Clemson. That's right. The headliners um, included Auburn commit Trenton Simpson, the four-star outside linebacker from Mallard Creek High School in Charlotte, North Carolina. He was a guy, of course, that committed back in June. Uh, you know, sort of stunned some Carolina fans uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks when he really just started to turn all of his focus to Auburn, lost all communication with the Tar Heel staff but now took a visit this is his first known visit since his commitment and uh, is a guy that we're not going to speculate but the fact that he is on campus shows that he might be wavering just a little bit and might still be considering Carolina could be flipped Uh, he is expected to sign in the early signing period so it's more than likely going to be before uh, the December 20th deadline but we'll see Carolina could jump into that race and make it a little interesting to see if they can't flip them right before the early signing period comes to a conclusion and then there's 2021 in-state running back Will Shipley who is on campus this weekend the reason this is big news one of the best talents in the state in the 2021 class and he is a guy that is looked at as a strong lean towards NC State but continues to take visits elsewhere including coming to Carolina which is a big step um, You know, he he saw how... Mac Brown and Phil Longo used the running backs in this offense. Rumors are saying that he did like what he saw. And it seems like at this point that even though he does have family connections to NC State, he is wanting to go through his own recruitment. So he does have some offers from some big-time schools as well. Clemson is on the list. Some thought that might have been the reason that he did attend the game. But you can't go to the game and not realize what Carolina is doing as well. He was able to talk to the coaching staff. That was the reason that he was there. So, um, look, Will Shipley is a guy that most people, I think, have kind of given up on to this point and said, look, he's either going to state or, you know, he's going to go to one of these bigger schools. But I think Carolina might still be in the running for him at this point. Maybe not, you know, right in the middle of it maybe not high up on the list but they're definitely a team that is still there and can make an impact in his recruitment as we get towards the 2021 decisions uh, which will ha- start happening sooner rather than later sooner uh, you know we've already got one guy committed in the class in Dontavius Nash so make sure uh, you just keep an eye on him uh, he's not a guy that's Out of the running just yet, Carolina is going to try to make their push with them. Meanwhile, on Friday night, the Heel Tough blog went on the road to Reedsville, North Carolina, to scout 2023-star Tar Heel commit Jefferson Boaz, and he had a phenomenal game: 477 yards passing, seven total touchdowns, five of those through the air, two of those on the ground. And you know, look, there's been some concern with the fact that Jacoby Criswell could be looking elsewhere. We don't really know um, if that is 100% true. It hasn't been confirmed, but there have been some rumors, um, you know, if that is true, if he does end up flipping his commitment to Arkansas or Auburn, those are the two teams that we've heard the most from. The Tar Heels would still have a quarterback committed in this class because Jefferson Boaz is a guy that looks the part of a quarterback. At six eight, has the size, has the arm strength. Everything that I saw from him on Friday night tells me that this kid has what it takes to be a quarterback if he is needed. At that position so my basically the big thing to take away from it is look there is no reason to be overly concerned with the fact that Criswell is looking elsewhere. If he does end up going elsewhere, the Toros would still have a quarterback committed in this class. So that's the good news for Toros fans. You can go out, go online to Heeltoughblog.com and check out uh, the article on him. Uh, that is on uh, that is on the Heel Tough Blog website. You can go under the recruiting tab uh, and find uh, all you need to know. Football recruiting tab. That is all you need to know um, about Jefferson Boas. Uh, there's plenty of other great articles on there for the football team recap of the Clemson game. you got the stock report for Week 5, and then, of course, you've got the trench report for the game against Clemson. Also, new to the Heel Tough Blog website, we have combined with the Roy's Boys blog, and that means that we do have basketball coverage on the website. So make sure that you go online to Heel Tough Blog, look under Top Stories. That's where you can find our first basketball article, and it is about the commitment of 2025 five-star point guard Caleb Love he committed last night to Carolina over Missouri so make sure that you guys go and check that out give that some love and then scroll down to the bottom of the page when you're done reading all those articles and make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you get every article to your inbox. All you have to do is put in your email and you will be signed up. It, we will send you every single article when we release it so that you don't miss a single bit of news around Tar Heel football. We want to, Tar Heel football and basketball, excuse me, want to keep you updated on everything that is going on around the two most important teams in Tar Heel athletics. So. That is going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast, whether it's on Apple, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify. There's so many different places that you can listen to the podcast. Wherever you're listening to it, make sure that you do get a rating in there. Review it and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single episode of of the podcast going forward. So, wanna thank you guys for listening to this recap edition of the podcast. Remember that the preview edition of the podcast for Georgia Tech will be coming out on Friday. I will be back with Josh to make sure that we get you all the information ahead of a crucial matchup for the Tar Heels that could determine a lot about the direction of this 2019 season. So once again, thank you guys for listening. And as always, go to